You're listening to Comedy Central. People all over the globe were sharing a story that was not only shocking, but also heartbreaking. There was shock and disbelief tonight after actor Alec Baldwin was involved in a fatal and apparent accidental shooting of a woman on a New Mexico movie set. Alec Baldwin seen in anguish Thursday after firing a prop gun on the set of Rust, an independent western, killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injuring director Joel Souza. According to a search warrant released late Friday night, another crew member grabbed a prop gun off a cart, handed it to Baldwin and yelled, cold gun, apparently unaware it was located with live rounds. A safety bulletin for the industry says live ammunition is never to be used, except for the very rare occasion, which did not appear to be the case for the movie Rust. So if indeed it was a live round, where did that live round come from? How did it get into the gun? Now the nation is asking, how could something like this happen? Today, investigators are trying to determine how in the world a prop gun, which is supposed to be loaded with blanks, killed one person and injured another. Okay, maybe I'm an idiot, but I don't get this. Like, why do they need to use real guns to make a fake thing? Because Hollywood movies love using the fake version of real things for everything except guns. Like in Hollywood, they've got fake everything. They've got fake tigers, they've got fake houses, they've got fake diversity and inclusion initiatives. But then when it comes to deadly weapons, suddenly they're like, let's get a real gun and uh, see what happens. Yeah, you know, switch things up. It makes no sense to me. Live gunfire is something that should have been phased out of movies a long time ago, like blackface. But I guess Hollywood has a history of moving slowly on innovation. I mean, shit, it was only a few years ago that they found out that women could be over 33. And what makes the story even worse is that usually there are a lot of safety measures in place to make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen. But it sounds like this movie set didn't take safety that seriously. NBC News has learned safety concerns, including multiple previous misfires of the same prop gun Baldwin used, led several crew members to walk off the set hours before the accident. And the LA Times says a crew member recently texted the unit production manager warning, quote, we've now had three accidental discharges. This is super unsafe. 24-year-old Hannah Gutierrez-Reed was in charge of weapons on the set in New Mexico. She recently discussed her experience on a podcast. By all means, I'm still learning. I think loading blanks was like the scariest thing to me because I was like, oh, I don't know anything about it. Okay, that? That is not something you ever want to hear from a person in charge of your guns. And it's also a good reminder to never go on the ominous foreshadowing podcast with Zach and Kyle. I mean, this gun misfired multiple times and still was allowed on set? How is that possible? Like, was this gun's dad the producer? Now, reportedly, one of the reasons that this might have happened is because the production didn't want to spend the money on firearm safety experts. And guys, look, man, if you don't have the budget to pay for gun safety, for your gun movie, then maybe you shouldn't be making a gun movie. Make a different movie. Like, I don't know, a cooking movie. Or maybe a movie about how two people aren't really meant for each other, but actually are. Just do one more of those. Because it is absolutely unnecessary for anybody to lose their life for a pretend thing. But I guess some Hollywood productions don't feel that way because this isn't even the first time that this has happened. Tragedy has struck before on a set at the hands of a prop gun in 1993. 
Brandon Lee, son of the martial arts icon Bruce Lee, was killed at the age of 28. He was on the set of the film The Crow. That was after an improperly loaded Smith & Wesson fired while filming. And back in 1984, on the set of the TV series Cover Up, the actor John Eric Hexum died from an accidental, self-inflicted prop gunshot. He was just 24 years old. Yeah, you see, it's happened before. It's like every few years, someone on a movie set gets shot for real by a pretend gun. And maybe this is a controversial take, but I don't think movie things should kill real people. Even once in a while, it shouldn't be acceptable. Can you imagine if every so often one of the robot dinosaurs in Jurassic Park actually ate a person? Best believe there would never be a sequel. In fact, forget Jurassic Park, they would cancel Barney. They'd be like, yo, yo, get that thing away from the kids, it's too risky. Look, people, this is a mistake that never should have been made. It's a life that never should have been lost. And hopefully, hopefully, it's a tragedy that never happens again. By now, you've probably heard about the whistleblower who smuggled a bunch of documents out of Facebook. Well, it turns out that was only the beginning. For the past few weeks, nearly two dozen major media outlets have been secretly working together to mine these documents for new stories. And now, the shit has finally hit the Facebook fan page. The Washington Post reports that starting in 2017, Facebook's algorithm was programmed to put higher value on emojis like the angry face. They gave an angry response five times more value than content that got likes on the newsfeed. The company's own researchers were worried about this, warning that this could open the door to abuse, rage, and polarizing users. Yeah, that's right. Facebook knew it was rewarding shitty posts as long as they generated an emotional response. And I'll be honest, when I first heard about this, I was shocked, because I couldn't believe that Mark Zuckerberg knows what emotions are. I also gotta say this, I mean, this is the worst use of emojis I've ever heard of. Like, emojis shouldn't be used to emotionally manipulate people. They should be used as a fun way to ask someone if they'll water your eggplants. I actually can't believe how pissed off people get when I ask them that, it's really strange. Although, it does make sense, because in regular life, we all put more value on things that produce an emotional response in us. You know, it's why Donald Trump became president, and Jeb Bush works at a Quiznos now. Please clap. You know what's wild about Facebook, man? Is that if you put in the title of your new hour special and a bunch of emojis, your likes. This shit is crazy. Also, Facebook is just Fight Club. You need people over there fighting. That's the whole point of Facebook. And emojis shorten conversations. Let's also acknowledge that. We're not gonna just put this all off on Facebook. We don't even type LOL no more. That's how impatient we are as people. Which is a bad thing. We should be using words. No, we should not be using words. If I wasn't here with you right now, I wouldn't be talking to you. What? We shouldn't be using words. Like, if you wanna have a nice, measured, detailed conversation with emotion, take your ass to Etsy. It's Facebook, bruh. I'm trying to read this in the length of a red light at an intersection. I don't have time for nuance. Smiley face, smiley face, gun emoji, smiley face, frown, eggplant. Got it. Green light. You, you're a dangerous driver. Our next story is about school, the place where you get rid of all your extra apples. Right now, there's a big movement among conservatives to protect children from being exposed to liberal ideas in school. Ideas like racism is bad or gays are not bad. And you know, it's, it's almost like conservatives learned too much about cancel culture and accidentally got really into it. 
You know, like sort of how when you start hate watching a Real Housewives show and then seven seasons later, all of a sudden you're like, I know Ramona and Sonya say they're best friends, but would you talk about your best friend like that behind their back? Come on. Yeah, I, I hate that show. And now this issue has been injected into the Virginia governor's race with a striking new TV ad from Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin. As a parent, it's tough to catch everything. So when my son showed me his reading assignment, my heart sunk. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. I met with lawmakers. They couldn't believe what I was showing them. Their faces turned bright red with embarrassment. They passed bills requiring schools to notify parents when explicit content was assigned. I was so grateful. But then Governor Terry McAuliffe vetoed it twice. He doesn't think parents should have a say. He said that. He shut us out. Whoa. What, what were these kids reading? Was this first grader reading Fifty Shades of Grey? Was this like a little coloring in book of dick pics? No. It turns out it was actually the Pulitzer Prize winning Toni Morrison novel, Beloved. And also, it wasn't a young kid. It was a high school senior in an AP English class. And I'm sorry, guys, but any parent who thinks their 17-year-old son's school assignment is too explicit, they need to check out his browser history because trust me, he can handle it. And this shows you that the real dangerous ideology in America isn't conservatism or liberalism, it's helicopter parenting. I mean, an AP class is basically a college course. Like, how long is this lady gonna be trying to protect her kid, huh? This poor guy's gonna have his mom bust into his dorm room like, don't make him chug, he'll get an owie in his tum-tum. Here's my problem. Banning so-called offensive books is a slippery slope because what's offensive is subjective. Like what might bother one parent might not bother another and vice versa. Like I would never want my kid reading The Great Gatsby. I think it glamorizes friend zoning. That's immoral, you know? Would you read it? I, I, there's too many white people in that book. I'm from Birmingham, they wouldn't let us read that book. We was reading Autobiography of Malcolm X. We was reading um, some Madam C.J. Walker. We, we did read the one book with the, with the elf running around. Uh, Lord of the Rings? No. The, What's the one before that one? Uh, uh, with an elf? Yeah, an like, elf. What is the elf Bil doing? Bilbo. Oh, that's... Bilbo. The Hobbit? Yeah, that's the one. We read that one, too. I'm just saying, man, we shouldn't be erasing black history, whether or not it's Toni Morrison novels or it's my new hour special, Imperfect Messenger, premiering Friday on Comedy Central at 10.30 after oh, a new gosh. episode of Charlemagne, the Lenard McKelvey Show. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, Roy. I'll definitely watch it because you've told me many, many times. All right, finally, we're gonna talk about a man who's found one of the most amazing and also disturbing life hacks you'll ever hear about. Because this guy managed to eat for an entire year for barely any money. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, yeah, I know where the Chipotle dumpsters are too, but this guy found a way to eat for cheap without getting bit by a raccoon. The California man who found a way to save a lot of money on food, he bought an unlimited year-round pass to Six Flags, the amusement park, uh, which includes a, a parking pass, two meals a day for, check this out, $150. He claims after seven years of eating lunch and dinner at the park every day, he paid down his student loans and bought a house. So $150 a year, you get two meals. Uh -huh. It's like 50 cents a day, basically, uh -huh. okay. to feed yourself. Yeah, that dude fed himself for 50 cents a day. Genius! We should get him to fix all the world's economies before he dies from gout. I mean, right now, the Democrats are struggling to figure out how to pay for healthcare. This guy, 
This guy would solve it. He'd probably just come in and be like, all you gotta do is go to the first day ten at Six Flags and tell them the roller coaster gave you lupus. Boom! Free health care. I mean, if anything, this guy's only mistake was buying a house. My dude, you on a roll. Why buy a house when you can just crash in the fun house instead? The mirrors make the place feel roomier and stretchier. And by the way, how are amusement parks both the cheapest and most expensive places on earth? Like eat for a year, $150. A mouse pad with a picture of you on a roller coaster, $3,000, no in between. But I will say, man, props to this guy for gaming the system. You know, this is the kind of shit you could only get away with at Six Flags. You know, because they're a chilled amusement park. If you tried this at Disney, oh man, Mickey wouldn't mess around. He'd have you hanging by your thumbs in that castle dungeon. Oh, okay, asshole. You got your free food. Now you gotta get a free beatdown. Oh. Everyone has their favorite thing about Halloween. For some people, it's the candy. For some, it's watching horror movies. For others, it's that Family Matters episode where Steve Urkel f***s a ghost. Uh, did I do that? <laughs> yes, Steve, you did. And it was disgusting. <laughs> Personally, my favorite thing is the urban legends. You know, the rumors about razor blades and apples or kids being kidnapped off the streets or, or, or one of the most popular ones, how crazy hippies are lacing candy with drugs. Well, in 2021, that story has taken a whole new twist. Check your kid's candy bucket or bag after they go trick-or-treating. Law enforcement across the country have been warning about edibles that look like snacks. For example, at first glance, this looks like a stuffed Oreo or double stuffed Oreo, but it's actually a double stuffed Stonio. Stony Patch, Warheads, Trips Ahoy, products meant to mirror legal food products but containing THC. Experts warn if a child got their hands on these, they could potentially overdose due to the high concentration of THC. Oh boy, people might be handing out treats with weed in them. I mean, forget full-size candy bars. There's a new coolest house on the block, people. And if someone really is giving edibles to kids, that is cruel. You're giving edibles to children? Do you know what's gonna happen to them? Those kids are gonna go home. They're gonna eat an edible. And then they're gonna spend the next three hours asking, is it hitting yet? Should I take another one? I don't feel high, do I look high? We shouldn't be putting kids through that. No, but for real though, um, I think this story sounds like trash to me. Sounds like bullshit. Like nobody's gonna waste good edibles giving them out to kids. And even if a kid did get an edible by accident, they would realize it on the first bite. Cause let's be honest, like if you've ever eaten an edible, you know anything that's candy that's laced with weed, it always tastes a little bit like a tree took a shit, you know? And also if your kid did eat an edible, would you even be able to tell People are stressed out. My kid might have eaten. Kids already act like they're stoned all the time. Always asking questions like, where did I come from? Why is the sky blue? Can I have ice cream for breakfast? If that isn't stoner behavior, I don't know what is. I think people are stressing too much. Like, like do you think this is a thing? You've grown up in America. Is this a thing yeah. you think? They've been telling us since we were kids, they're like, somebody's gonna hand you drugs. But if you're a kid who ever saw an adult with drugs, they never tried to give them to you. Also, if you're an adult who paid for Stonios or all these other things, the first thing you're gonna do is make sure you don't lose them. Cause it's like, my drugs, my precious drugs. You're right. That's not how people with drugs work. The thing you should be worried about is stoned people having tiny people come to their house dressed like little tiny things. <laughs> if I'm high, the last thing I need in my house is Finding Nemo, Woody, and a tiny cop. <laughs> That's the problem. You want 
would get to people's house first and be like, sir, are you stoned? Because I got a, I got three kids out here dressed like Alvin and the Chipmunks, and I don't need you I don't need you flipping out. <laughs> That's what you need to worry about is high people in kids and costumes, not them giving them their drugs. That's the real danger. Anyway, let's move on to our next story, which is about Congress. You know, it's what you get when you order your democracy off of wish.com. Now, it looks like Democrats are close to a breakthrough on the Build Back Better bill. And this is the legislation that would try to solve some of America's most pressing problems, from climate change to child poverty to getting Issa and Lawrence to make up their damn minds already. But doing that isn't cheap. And Democrats have been struggling to find a way to pay for it that Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema both support. But now, they finally have an idea that everyone is on board for. Right? And that is requiring big corporations to pay a minimum tax of 15%, which means companies like Amazon would finally have to start paying federal taxes. And I know Amazon is gonna complain about it, but 15% isn't even that much. I mean, these giant companies are gonna be paying the same rate as the guy who hands out the shoes at the bowling alley. And I guarantee you, that guy doesn't have his own penis-shaped spaceship. And the thing about this plan that I find really interesting is that the taxes won't be on profits that the companies report to the IRS. No, it'll be on the profits that they report to shareholders. Because those are two very different numbers, you know? The thing they tell the IRS is not what they tell the shareholders. It's like how people talk about sex differently with their date versus how they talk about it around their mom. Yeah, on a date, you're like, <laughs> yeah, man, you know I do my thing, baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better hold on for dear life, man. And then, in front of your mom, you're like, I just haven't found time for sex. I've, I've been spending too much time reading the Bible. Now, because of his previous positions, it might be surprising to hear that Joe Manchin is actually pro-raising taxes on corporations. But if his comments this morning are anything to go by, it looks like he's fully on board. Everybody in this country that has been blessed and prospered should pay a patriotic tax. There should be a 15% patriotic tax. People in the stratosphere, rather than trying to penalize them, we ought to be pleased that this country is able to produce the wealth. But with that, there's a patriotic duty that you should be paying something to this great country to give you the protection and the support and the opportunities. That's called a patriot. A patriotic tax would be nothing that we should be scorned about. It doesn't harm anybody. Ooh, a patriot tax. I see what you're doing, Joe Manch. Trying to appeal to national pride. And I get why you're doing it. Because a lot of people can be convinced to do things that they don't want to do if you just call it patriotic. Like most people don't want their rectums inspected for three ounce bottles of shampoo. But if you say it's part of the Patriot Act, then all of a sudden they'll be like, for this country, I will gladly spread my cheeks. And I don't know if this is gonna convince corporations to be happy about having less money, but I do think Manchin is right. Paying taxes is patriotic. Part of loving your country is financially supporting your country. You can't say you love your child if you're sending all your money to some other kid who's in the Cayman Islands. Also, I love how Joe Manchin says it. it sort of sounded like a threat. He's like, it's patriotic, patriotic, and you pay your country to protect you because it would be a shame if something <laughs> happens to your corporations. <laughs> I just, I don't know if corporations are gonna like, like corporations beat every lawmaker in America. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll get them. Well, the IRS was the only corporate, the IRS was the only government entity that could take down the mob. They got Al Capone, they got John Gotti. So it was like the FBI, the CIA, the so DEA, the ATF. Nobody could get Al Capone. 
But then it's 1930 something. He's just like, ah, my W-2s. And so he's and now he's in jail for like forever. So the IRS doesn't have like the gunpowder, but they can destroy your life because you didn't do enough deductions. So I never thought of it that way. The IRS is the most dangerous because I think it would be like FBI, DEA. When they're knocking on the door, FBI! But then you're like, IRS. Right, because the whole point of doing crime and avoiding all paying all these taxes is to have the money. Right. But the IRS is the only people that can roll in and be like, bitch, I'm taking all your money. Actually, let's move on to our next story, which is out of Florida. The only state named after the rapper Flo Rida. Last month, the governor appointed a brand new Surgeon General. And if you don't know what that is, the Surgeon General leads the other surgeons into battle, right? And no? What, what, do you, what do you mean? They just, they just set out health policy? Well, that's a bit misleading. Why would, why would you put General? Oh, I'm the idiot? You need to choose better words. Now, since Florida has been hit so hard by COVID, you'd think, you'd think its Surgeon General would be very aggressive about fighting it. But this Surgeon General is the exact opposite. Like, he opposes vaccine and mask mandates. He's pushed for unproven treatments against COVID. And he won't even say if he himself is vaccinated, which is a pretty weird thing for a doctor to be private about, especially considering how many personal questions they ask us. Are you sexually active? Do you take drugs? How many drinks do you have a week? I don't know. Whatever number sounds cool, but doesn't make me sound like an alcoholic. And last week, This guy took it to a whole new level when he refused to wear a mask during a meeting with a state senator who had cancer. And listen to how he explained his reasoning. Florida Surgeon General is defending his decision to not wear a mask during a meeting with a state senator who asked him to wear one because she's being treated for breast cancer. Dr. Joseph Ladopo declined to put on a mask after he was asked to before a meeting with state senator Tina Polsky last week. This is his public explanation in writing about why he would not wear a mask when you asked him to. He said, it is important to me to communicate clearly and effectively with people. I can't do that when half of my face is covered. Okay, I'm sorry, but if you didn't want to wear a mask, why did you become a doctor? I mean, that's one of the only jobs where you're constantly wearing a mask. I know you weren't doing surgeries from six feet away, just throwing kidneys into the patients like a game of cornhole. You've worn a mask. You talk with the other people in the surgery, like you do the thing. Scalpel, please. You're not like, scalpel. And dude, this state senator is being treated for cancer. You're risking her life because you want to communicate more clearly? What are you trying to communicate? That you're an asshole because you're doing a great job? Like, when people say this, I don't even know what, what, what to make of it. I, no, I can't. I cannot communicate with you with a mask. I, like, I don't even understand the logic. If Darth Vader could communicate through his mask, you can communicate through a piece of paper. Luke, Luke, I am, hold on, Luke, hold on. Ah, I can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand this rationale. I don't understand why this uncle won't put this damn mask on. It's, I've been very confused about people like, I just can't, because he's worried about communicating clearly, but what he's going to communicate is germs and a virus to a woman who is being treated for cancer. He knows how that works. I just don't, okay, here's what, here's what I get with, whenever somebody says to me, I can't communicate without my mask, I go like, so you, you never made a phone call? No. No, because they go like, people need to see my mouth for me to communicate. So you, when you a, phone people, what happens? You've never been in a drive-thru? Drive-thrus are a bad example though. Those people are terrible. 
Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Many times I've gotten to a drive-thru and then I ask them for things and they just don't. I go, may I please? But also I, my accent. I'll say, can I please have a water? And they'll be like, you want a burger? I'm like, no, I said water. A burger? And I'll be say like, water right. again? Then I'll be like, I'll, I'll have a burger as well. Say water again. Water. Now put your hand over your mouth. Say it again. Water. Now go. Now say water. Water. At the same time. Water. Burger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right, let's move on to our final story. America has been through a tough couple of years, right? There was the pandemic, which is still going, the protests after George Floyd, uh, the uh, inflation that has started now, global supply shortages, and on top of all of that, Adele is dropping a new album. And we, we can't handle it, Adele. We're already a wreck, all right? So it's not surprising that people are turning to anything they can to help them deal with all the stress. Netflix, binge eating, tricking kids into getting high on Halloween. But check out one of the ways that people are coping that I definitely did not see coming. Cigarette sales on the rise for the first time in two decades. We haven't seen anything like this in 20 years. Smokeless tobacco vaping sales also rose from 2019 to 2020. The thinking is during the pandemic, people kind of dealt with stress and boredom by picking up smoking or resuming smoking. Yeah, people, smoking is back. (laughs) And look, man, I understand doing unhealthy stuff, but don't you think a pandemic is a weird time to take up smoking? Like you're starting, sm- I mean, maybe that's the point. Maybe people are smoking because they hope it'll trick COVID. You know, like COVID will show up to their lungs and be like, wait, I'm, I must have been here already. Oh, all right, all right, let's wrap it up, boys. But I, I guess this isn't surprising. Like in the last year, we learned that a huge percentage of Americans will do the opposite of what doctors say, right? Doctors are like, vaccines are safe. They're like, I'm not gonna take it. Cigarettes cause cancer, pass me a Marlboro. Stick out your tongue and say, ah, I'm gonna keep my mouth closed and say. The big news in Congress, the only place with more infighting than an episode of Succession. After months of whittling down the bill to satisfy Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, today, President Biden finally revealed what's left of his big social policy bill. And a lot of what was originally there is now gone like free community college is out. And so is paid family and medical leave, which means America will remain the only nation in the world where women try to give birth during their lunch break. USA, USA, USA. Oh, and Medicare won't cover the costs of dental or vision care for seniors, but it will cover hearing, which makes sense. You know, Biden made sure that that stayed in. I mean, when you've got a president who whispers as much as he does, you've got to make sure that people can at least hear him. Plus, if you have hearing, you don't need vision. You know, people can be like, hey, look out, duck, and you'll be fine. But there's still a lot left in the bill that Democrats want, right? Things like universal pre-K, an extension of the child tax credit, and half a trillion dollars to fight climate change. And today, President Biden went on TV to tell America why it needs this bill. And man, he did not sugarcoat the situation. 30 years ago, We ranked number seven among the advanced economies in the world as a share of women working. You know where we are today? We ranked 23rd. We used to lead the world in educational achievement. Now the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development ranks America 35th. Our infrastructure used to be rated the best in the world. Today, we rank 13th in the world. We can't be competitive in the 21st century global economy if we continue this slide. Damn, 
Joe Biden is scolding the nation. But I, I do understand what Biden is saying. Right? America in the past used to be great and it should be made to be that way again. Huh, someone should put that on a hat. And the sad thing, the sad thing is that Biden wanted a much bigger bill to address all these problems, but the bill that he's trying to sell now is much smaller than that. You know, it's like a doctor telling you, in order to cure your cancer, I wanna cut the entire tumor out. And then when you wake up from surgery, he's like, so all I could do was rub a little Vicks on it, and I hope that helps. Dr. Manchin wouldn't let me use the scalpel, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, who ranks infrastructure? Like, I've always wondered this. Because you realize there's a world ranking of countries by infrastructure, but who is that person? Who ranks, is this like a guy who goes from country to country rating bridges? This is a guy who's running around, and he's like, that bridge is trash! Yo, that bridge is great! Yo, that bridge is really great. Yo, I'd f that bridge. Shit. He's kind of been attracted to a covered bridge, you know? It's like, what are you hiding under there, Mr. Bridge? It's like so much mystery. You've thought of that, right? No, I, I genuinely have never thought Don't I've tell never me thought you of a haven't bridge. thought of that. I've You've never thought of, thought of a once. bridge being sexy, ever. Like one time. Never. A little bit. Maybe the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, right? I'd f that bridge too. I said attractive and you took it to the next level. Okay, all right, fine, I took it too far. The thing that I can't get past is the fact that they want to drop this whole paid family leave thing. Like, I am trying to get paid to leave my family. It's really messed up, especially no. now. Like this whole holiday season, it's so stressful. Have you ever tried to shop for a Halloween costume for your kid? No, it's I like a war zone in those stores. I had a lady pry a costume right out of my hands just because it was still on her kid. Very competitive situation. Look, huh. I gotta create a magical holiday for my kid, you know? You gotta do what you gotta do. It's a really painful, sad story. Well, I don't know why you had to make it so sad. I apologize, Daisy. It was perfectly appropriate the way I said it. Yeah, I, I have a tendency to bring things down. All right, well, well, this will bring us up. Let's move on to our next story. It's about gender. You know, how you know what section of a clothing store to look around in before you buy it later online. More and more people are accepting that gender is fluid and that people can have different gender identities aside from male and female, right? There are gender neutral pronouns, gender neutral bathrooms, gender neutral gender reveal parties, which is the most progressive way to waste your friend's time. And now gender neutrality is coming to your most important government documents. A milestone in recognizing the rights of people who do not identify as male or female. The U.S. Department of State has issued its first ever gender neutral passport using the letter X in place of M or F to indicate gender identity. The State Department also announced there will no longer be a requirement to provide medical certification of a person's gender if it does not match the one listed on other identification documents. They say they plan to offer the gender neutral passports more broadly next year. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry people, this is, this is unfair. Why do I have to be stuck with a boring ass letter like M when other people can get X now? Like X is by far the coolest letter. X-Men, X-rated movies, Malcolm X, the X factor, huh? It means there's something special about you. But the M factor sounds like the North Korean translation of the Matrix that's translated back into English. I mean, for real though, it's great, it's great for like people who are gender neutral, but like, I, I don't even understand why gender needs to be listed on passports in the first place. 
You're letting a person into a country, not a nightclub. The customs dude is not gonna be stopping you at the border like, hold up, hold up, buddy. It's a real sausage fest in there right now. Hold on, hold on. I need a few ladies to come on in. Come on, man, come on in. And I know some people are gonna say, this is a security risk, Trevor. The gender on a passport helps you confirm a person's identity. Let me tell you something. Passports are already terrible at confirming somebody's identity because passports last for 10 years. No one looks the same in their photos after 10 years. I mean, black people do, but not like the rest of you. Y'all age like bananas. <laughs> and hey, I'm, I'm glad they're updating anything on the passports. Like, I mean, it's the 21st century. I can pay for stuff by waving my phone over a chip. But when I travel, I still gotta carry around a little book that they make me put a stamp in. I feel like I should be boarding a steamship to my vacation. It's an arduous journey, but a better life awaits us in Cancun. It's gonna be really hard for us. It's a long journey flying on United Airlines. <laughs> but my father took this trip and he never made it. <laughs> and this could be it, a new life for us in a new place that has unlimited margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why they still use the passport? It's a good accent. That's really good. Thank you. It's Thank you very, very much. Yeah, I think in a previous life, I was a British person who was leaving to come to America. I believe that. Yeah. That's I like my that. That's like my vibe. You I know? get that vibe from you. Yeah. Do you, like, the passport, I mean, you know? I love using my passport. I love it. Sometimes when I want to feel fancy, I just like taking my passport to places that I know are going to card me. Like yeah, your, it really, it really. Like your actual, wait, 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 your actual yeah. passport, you go around with it? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, like when I want to feel a little extra fancy about something. Wow. Yeah, it really makes Buffalo Wild Wings feel like I'm not gonna throw up there in four hours. <laughs> not from the alcohol, from the food. I once had a trick-or-treater throw up in my house. And th this is why I'm not passing out candy this year. I'm just gonna take a basket and fill it up with everything that I want to get rid of in my house. Old batteries, clamshell packaging, chargers, those tiny little hangers that come with socks. Just get rid of all of it. It's like a twofer, because then word gets out, and then the kids don't show up, and you can finally get a good night's sleep. And also, you get to clean out your apartment. But the joy of Halloween is, is like the treat, no? God, you have so much to learn, Trevor. Huh. It's, it's, I mean, it's an effective system. I've never thought of using children to clean out my apartment that way. Yeah. It's very Wh effective. Which trick-or-treater threw up in your apartment? Like, who were they? Legally, I'm not allowed to say. It might be a relative. You live an interesting life, Desi Lydic. Thank you. All right, well, now that we all have our passports, let's head to the airport for our next story. And uh, if you've ever thought that you were stuck at the airport for a long time, you have got nothing on this guy. He was arrested after living in Chicago's O'Hare Airport for three months. Yeah, he was just crashing in the boarding area until police finally noticed something was wrong. And honestly, I think we give the TSA a hard time for racial profiling, but I have to applaud them this time. I mean, this guy was hanging around the airport for three months and the TSA was like, whoa, 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 let's not jump to any conclusions. Good for them. And that was the right call too, because now a judge has ruled that this man didn't break any laws and also, he had a pretty good reason for not wanting to board his plane. The man was supposed to fly home from Los Angeles to India, but he says because of COVID, he was too scared to fly internationally. A judge has now acquitted him of felony trespassing. Yeah, the dude slept in an airport for three months. 
because he was that scared of getting COVID on a plane, which sounds ridiculous now, but guys, you remember what it was like back in 2020, right? We all went a little overboard back in the day. Like when COVID was still new, everyone was panicking. I mean, for a few months, I was so scared of COVID, I wasn't even washing my hands. The only thing I don't understand is how he was able to afford living in the airport for three months. Have you seen airport prices? Like a flaccid turkey wrap costs 20 bucks. For what this guy probably spends on food, he could have just bought his own private jet. I will say though, this story could have only happened at a nice airport like O'Hare. Yeah, if this guy had been at LaGuardia, 20 minutes in, he would have been like, please get me on the plane. I'll take my chances with the virus. I'll take my chances with the virus. Before we go, when it comes to abortion, there's no choice if there is no access. Texas Equal Access Fund is working to end barriers to abortion access while simultaneously providing emotional and financial support to people who are seeking abortion care. If you wanna support them in their work, then please donate at the link below. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 